Welcome to Rain City Supercars, brought to you by Haggerty Classic Cars. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And we're back. Dan and I decided that we were going to just uh, have a nice night, romantic Ro- Rain City Supercars night to ourselves here. So it's just him and I tonight. We're going to kind of reminisce back on a few things that have happened these last few weeks and uh, kind of catch up with everybody so everybody knows what's going on in the Rain City Supercar world. But speaking of what is going on in the Rain City Supercar world, as you know, about three or four weeks ago, we picked up uh, Haggerty Classic Cars, which we're huge fans of. Yeah, they've been great to us. And a little birdie who will uh, remain nameless, <coughs> Amanda, <laughs> has been out there. Well, she's been doing some work for us, Dan, to say the least. She does some work. She does some, No, but I mean, she was doing some work that she didn't have to do. And it has a lot to do with this. I and Dan are proud to announce <laughs> that Rainier Beer is now a sponsor of Rain City Supercars. Like an official one. Like, like an official. actual sponsor. By the time you see this episode, you will see their logo on our website. We are officially sponsored by... Rainier I- Beer. Like, I, dr- dreams do come true. Do You know, aim for the stars or aim lower and and then wish for Rainier and hope you hit the stars. Yep, we got free beer and everything and oh, t-shirts. Oh my gosh, t-shirts. I don't know if that shirt's going to fit me, but I own some Rainier gear, so it's not a big deal. But <laughs> yeah, um, we... Uh, well, I mean, as much crap as I take for drinking this beer and people give me it's not a hipster beer anymore I, swear, I don't want it to be a hipster beer. it was I love it this never beer. was for years i love seattle staple it is a seattle staple the hipsters tried to take it we took it back yes but yeah we this beer old. will be here long after their trends die i'm trying to make this speech without making myself sound like a total alcoholic <laughs> like that's the funny thing is is nick and i actually do drink very responsibly or typically we rarely drink heavily at all. No, and that's why I like Rainier beer. It's 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 the pri- right price point. It tastes awesome. I, I can't do the IPAs. It's never been me. I, just, I know. You know, um, our good friend Chad and Amanda, Chad, who's been on the podcast, I mean, he's a huge beer guy. And But Rainier's my beer. It's it always beer. been my beer. Like <laughs> Way before this podcast, anybody who knows us knows yeah. that we were drinking so, Rainier. We're really excited about that. I don't know if we, you hear it in our voices, but... Um, it's, it's official, and like I said, they are providing us with uh, some swag and some free beer, and we'll, of course, we'll be sharing that beer with people when we see it, um, because that's the right thing to do. It is. Beer is for sharing. Beer is for sharing, especially Rainier. Especially Rainier. <laughs> Dan, it's been a while since you and I have just kind of sat down and talked. We were Actually, we were laughing about that on Friday. You and I got together and had a beer, a yeah, Rainier. We did. And um, I was like, God, I haven't seen you. Like, I see you on Mondays, and we kind of we record, and we have guests in, and then yeah we go into our separate busy. corners we did some we did a ton of we, we so this is how weird things are with nick and i we go travel to get away from not each other just to get away like we took a weekend away it was my birthday weekend mm-hmm. and as is tradition i typically take off somewhere you run for the border exactly and yeah. so i was going north and i went all the way to lake louise i was like what's the farthest i can drive in a single day and so i thought about northern california but we're going down there i mean i was just there about a month and a half ago yeah and the last time I was in Lake Louise, not Banff, but Lake Louise, it was like negative 20-ish. Oh, and I had pneumonia. Up there, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, and I had yeah. pneumonia, so that was fun. It was beautiful, but like it hurt to breathe. It's funny because I was getting ready to text you because I went up there with a, a new friend slash acquaintance slash someone I'm dating. And I, I, and I know it's your birthday weekend, but I also know that you tend to like to like go away and do your thing. Yeah. So I'm sending you this text message and I'm trying to word it well. Like, like, like for some, I feel like you and I were dating. I was like, so here's the deal. Um, I'm going to Canada this weekend. And you're like, oh, that's great. I am too. But we're going to different places. So that's good. <laughs> well, the funny part was is he went to Salmon Arm. And in order to get to Lake Louise, I had to drive right through downtown Salmon you Arm. You drove right by me, yeah. Which is not close to the border. It's not like he went to Vancouver and yeah. I went to Whistler and it's just on the way. Salmon Arm is six hours seven hours north yeah even with border crossings which i've never crossed the border that quickly in my life like, oh you went to abbotsford too yeah yeah just drove right through no problem we went through on thursday night but it was just like there were no cars yeah and i so, went up friday morning after i so i had breakfast with Derek bell I'm with, sorry. thanks to carl I'm so sorry terrible morning yeah so we're gonna talk about that a little bit too but I met with Derek Bell and with a group a small group from microsoft and then i left immediately after that and made my way north and I had this really easy drive. The weather was beautiful. Every You get up north there in northern Canada and you don't realize it's like driving across Texas where everything is, oh, it's the next town. Well, the next town is an hour away. So then there's nothing in the middle. Yeah. So 
we're in the middle of nowhere and sure enough nick and i drive right to the same town but no traffic nothing it was great up there i love it up there beautiful on the way back we had a huge snowstorm but i yeah i drove up there with mandy and um we uh she grew up in salmon arm and, and a little bit i guess east of salmon arm mm-hmm. and um I got to hang out with her dad. And the interesting thing about that is her dad builds hot rods for this insane shop called Russ Brothers. And they're so insane, they now have their own TV show. And it's going to it's gonna air on, I believe, History Canada. But we went up there, and um, her dad, Rick, is a really good guy. And, and he was doing a bunch of metal fab. And he's like, oh, sure, you can come in and, you can come in and help me. Like, okay, I'm mechanical. I've never done metal fab in my life. Now, when I say metal fab, <laughs> I took rust off. <laughs> We did some measurements, and it was we were we were putting some uh, metal bars into a, into an international uh, truck, an international truck bed to to make it level so that he could put a wood floor in it. But right. you know, I I mean, I sanded the hell out of those things with a butt with a grinder and took all the rust off them, and then uh, drilled some holes in them in the right place so that you could Ooh. put them down and bolts could be taken out through them. So I had a wonderful time up there, and Salmon Arm's beautiful. I mean, as far as a drive, yeah. like that was you you've talked about that I mean, driving up that way before, but. That was incredible. It's Highway 5 North, not I-5, not Interstate 5, but Highway 5 North up through Canada there, which is just, I'm going to bring this, uh, it's going to be on Dan's Drives as a multi-day trip, because I think it's probably the farthest you can go in a single day drive. It's a 10 and a half hour drive, but because of the conditions up there, that's about as far into Canada as you want to go. You could do Calgary if you really wanted to, like one shot it, and you had a co-pilot, but as far as single day drives go, man, is it long. It's, I mean, like I said, going up, I, th- I don't think you had problems either, did I? Like, we, going up there, we, we were in, it was dark and it was raining sideways, but everything was wonderful. Coming back, we got up Sunday morning and, and came back, and we're ahead of the snow plows. And, you know, she has a uh, an all-wheel drive uh, Mitsubishi little SUV, but, <laughs> like, you know, they, they, it's funny because, the you know, the roads are uh, suggesting 120 kilometers, which is like 75, 80, and, like, and they hadn't changed the signs, and I'm, and I'm doing like 30, like, and feeling like I should be going less. Yeah, you're doing just, the warp speed through a Star Wars thing there. Absolutely, with all the snow yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> it's just in, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you lucked out because you left Sunday morning. I uh, I spoiled myself and stayed at the Fairmont Lake Louise, which was amazing. And, and, you, and you deserve to do that to you. <laughs> I did. Yeah. It helped getting 30% off coupons. But <laughs> as I was driving back, my route suddenly changed. I left there a little after check-in around 11.30 noon, and I figured I'm just going to take my time coming home. I got nowhere to be Sunday. I'll just take a nice long drive. Sure. And it started snowing pretty good the night before, which was beautiful. I had nice snow around Lake Louise. And you had the Audi, right? I had the Audi, yeah. yeah. And I have good tires on the Audi, and didn't think much of it. The next day, it's if you've never driven up to Lake Louise, the road just getting up there is pretty steep, and it's very curvy. So going down, it's sanded, salted, de-iced. It's, they know what they're doing up there. Needless to say, I washed the car. But as I get down from the main highway there to get onto the main highway from Lake Louise, all of a sudden my route changes by an hour and 45 minutes. And it redirected me because they closed 5 South right behind you. Well, um, you know, it's funny because 5 North was was really an issue. We watched it happen. These trucks, uh, somebody was, uh, one of the semis was going up there and I, and I watched him stop and he jackknifed. And then like seven trucks behind him couldn't keep, keep going. And I mean, yep. And I got to watch this happen because, like, I, like being in a snow globe, I was again doing twenty kilometers an hour, like bare knuckling it. <laughs> so we had a lot of. I mean, I was beautiful. Like, I haven't been to Canada since like oh nine, yeah, like that. So it's been a while. But and I've never been up that way. I've I've come up through Spokane and up north and to go on to go Lake Louise and stuff like that. But it was beautiful. Yeah, I thought about going back down south through Radium Springs and then through Idaho and then Spokane and back. And I've done that before too. I've done that twice now. So it's my, I guess it's my third time in three years. I've been up to Banff and Lake Louise and um, Jasper and all those places up there. This has actually been the nicest conditions I've been up there. And when I was in the cruiser, it was. Thank God I had the cruiser. Thank God you had. The I wasn't cruiser, getting yeah. there otherwise. Yeah, and you would have froze to death. <clears throat> yeah, actually, the, the Audi was great in the snow, though. I, I love that car. It was so nice just to have a nice, comfortable, quiet car. And it was like, ah, the heated seats are on. I'm just cruising along. We tested the limits of the comfort in the Audi that when we drove to Vegas, LA that day. That was. Oh, that's I was ready ridiculous. to get the heck out of your car. Like yeah. that's you know. But I want to go back to a story that. I'm very jealous of. I mean, I had a wonderful time with Mandy, and I had to leave early, but I was supposed to go with you on Friday, thanks to Carl, and meet... Derek Bell. The Derek Derek Bell. Bell. Yeah. The man. 
it's hard to even like, start a story with, well, I was having breakfast with Derek Bell. Well, there, are, there will be people that are listening to this that don't know who Derek Bell is. So why don't we give a little bit of background? Why don't you give a little bit of background? Uh, he is pretty much one of the greatest racing drivers of all time. Uh, even if you, even, not really a matter of opinion on that. He's a five-time Le Mans champion. He's a 20-time Le Mans attendee. Uh, he still has the speed record for the Mulsanne straight. He's, he's driven, driven for Porsche, McLaren, Ferrari, Ferrari. He's done Formula One. He's yeah. done uh, GT class. The guy's raced literally everything under the sun and won at it. Not just driven it, not just competed at it, but also won at it. And that is a big difference. He's the kind of guy who can just get into a car and, and win, which is sort of how the story goes. He still owns the record for the Mulsanne straight? I think so. 247 miles per hour <laughs> in a Porsche 917. Which is just a driving wedge of cheese, but yeah. Yeah. And so, let's, uh, boy, let me start with that one, because that's actually the shorter story of the two, because this is, it's worth hearing, though, and then we'll take a break. But So, he's in this, he's in testing, and this isn't during the race, by the way, this is, he's doing testing in this car, and so if you have, if you're not familiar with the Molson Straight, it's got this little tiny wedge in the middle of it, it's, but looking at it on paper, it looks like a really easy turn. If you're at the track looking down the straight, it's not. It's an actual left-hand turn, or depending on which way you're going. Well, you and I were talking about this, and, and I was joking about the fact that the only time I've ever driven it is in Forza. You're right. <laughs> and there's you, you can you can do it without it, and then there's there's one version in there where there's two chicanes, basically. Yeah. There's a right hand and then a left hand. And so, but that the left hand didn't exist, I don't think, during his no, race. No, during his yeah. race, it was in the right. And so anyway, they're testing this car, and he's going flat out through this thing. Which requires a turn at 247 miles an hour. Quick one. A very quick turn. Very quick. And if you're not familiar with very, very, very high speed driving of anything, like even 150 plus, the slightest movement has dramatic results. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying as he, he's talking, it was one of the popular questions is what was it like? Because that cars in general get notoriously light at those speeds, like, you know, flipping over into a thousand cartwheels and killing you. And he was flipping saying, backwards, not yes. just flipping over, like air underneath going backwards. Right. Yeah. And so this is Mercedes this, did it. Yes. Yeah. This is pre days of giant splitters and giant spoilers. This yep. is just flow forward. Downforce. Downforce <laughs> dynamics. Yeah. So he's saying he's going down this straight. He's talking about it. And he go he would let his hands up off the wheel uh, and start controlling it with his fingers. Because if you try and make movements with your hands and your arms, your inputs are too dramatic. And those cars are, if you do a single half turn either direction, they're lock to lock. So what happens is if you put your hand gestures in there, you're making probably a 20 degree adjustment just by flexing your wrists. So the way to correct that at that speed is to use your fingers to move the wheel. And so those cars tend to float a little bit. And so he said for the turn, he just, I just held my hands back and moved my fingers and then I could make the turn. At 240 miles an hour. Yeah, and it gets I better. I don't know if I could do it at 140 miles. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I don't think I could. Even yeah. if that I just it's it's kind of blowing my mind. We're all just kind of all of us at the table are just kind of just these kids with our hands on our chins going, uh huh. Tell uh-huh, me more. Tell, tell me, me more. more. Yeah. And so he gets back, and not only did they not cal- so they how they determine speed then is they calculate. They don't have a guy with a radar gun. Then they literally calculate it from point to point, and they sure. can tell how fast you're going. Very mathematical. One of the other points they brought up is, he said, how fat, how high, because they don't have rev limiters on these cars. Like, you can rev them and blow the motors. That's how you get fired, by the way, if you're a professional race car driver. You do that a lot. He goes, oh, it was about 8,100, 8,150. So the, he, the, the, guy, the pit crew, the pit boss, comes back to him and goes, oh, that's good, because the motor tends to blow up around 8,200. So he was like 500 away from about blowing up. 500 there. RPMs away from blowing the motor at 240 plus miles an hour. <laughs> I just right. There's not a single person that I have spoken to that met him this that weekend that didn't come away with wonderful pictures, a wonderful smile, just saying he's the most wonderful person they've ever met. Oh, he's so nice. He's such a driver because he was here doing a Porsche event for the Porsche Club, correct? Yes. Well, I believe my, actually uh, that's a, thanks to Carl as well. It was actually a Microsoft event. Microsoft event. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Some other stuff that we won't get into here, but he was helping with. But even then, he was he visited the Turn Send Studios, drove their cars there, like on the track, you know. And oh yeah. Them. So just they wanted his feedback. Let me show you what they should feel like. Right. It was yeah. just, you know he was literally giving them critical feedback on yeah. driving, which is great. You know he's in the full driving simulator. 
But I have an even better story than that one. So we're going to take a quick break from our sponsor, Haggerty, and we'll be right back. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. Uh, Dan, you said before the break that you, you had one more story, which I'm sure he told you a hundred stories and just amazed you. So You know, it's funny. Actually, he didn't. Uh, he's very long-winded in the best way, because, and nobody wants him to stop when he starts a story, because his details are fantastic. But so he's the opposite of us. Okay, good right. to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the stories, these, the moment I really became a McLaren F1 fan wasn't after seeing the car and road and track or anything like that. It was the 95 Le Mans that he raced in, and they took third. Didn't so, he come into that race like like they hired him like a week before his son or something? Three weeks before. That's he right. found out he was racing Le Mans at 50... And he was retired. Yes. He'd been <laughs> retired for about 10 years. And he... Yeah, so three weeks before, his son calls him up and says, Dad, I'm racing Le Mans, and I need a third driver, and our, we don't have a third driver right now. So three weeks before, normally you're prepping, prepping for Le Mans three to four months before, his son tells him he's going to drive a car he's never driven in Le Mans. That car happens to be a McLaren F1 GTR, the long tail, not the one we see, the orange one with the high spoiler, but the very long tail and the very long front nose. Yeah. And so when you bought one of those cars from McLaren, this is all Derek Bell telling me, you don't get anything special. You get, well, I mean, you do. You get a McLaren F1 GTR long tail, <laughs> but you don't get a race prepped 911 GT2 car, you know, RS race car. You don't get that. You get a McLaren F1 GTR. And when you take it to Le Mans, you unbolt the two side seats and then you're done. Ta-da! That's it. So you pay a million pounds for the car. Whatever that is in, in $95 now is probably $2.5 million US. And then you pay them an extra 100,000 pounds to race it in Le Mans to say, thanks for racing Thanks your- for letting me buy a car. Right. So, and then you literally unbolt the side seats and you do tire changes. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> well, oversimplistic for an overly engineered car. Right. So he picks up this McLaren F1 with his son and there's three drivers and they're racing all through Le Mans. They're leading the whole thing. Not just the pro, not just the GT class. They're the leading the race period. Reading, yeah. Leading the race period, which that feat in itself, I don't think could even be accomplished at all today in that in a GT car. It's, the prototypes are going to take it every time in Le Mans. They're so far away. So if you watch Le Mans and you see the prototype cars, or you see the the, the cars, you, and you see what goes into them, I mean, look look at the Ford. Look at the difference between the Ford GT that's the road car and and the car that has won it in Le Mans. Right now, think about you buy your Ford GT. <laughs> You unbolt a seat and then take it to the biggest race in the world. Right. And race it for 24 hours straight. And then race it for 24 hours straight. So he's they're leading this whole race. They have three hours left to go. And it's almost like they've raced for 21 hours. Almost. 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 Yeah. yeah. And Derek is in the car and they're doing great. And they go in for their last change and they can't shift using the clutch. So... Needless to say, if you've ever power shifted a car without a clutch, you rev match everything all the time and you rev match all your gear changes and you hope the transmission doesn't blow at the bottom of the car. Pretty much. So they moved from first to third and in the last three hours of the race did not use the clutch due to a clutch bearing failure. Not did not finish. They lost two places. And the only reason they didn't win Le Mans. Did they take third in their class or third Third overall. Overall, that's right. Overall in that Le Mans in a car that he had three weeks to prepare for. In a Le Mans race, he had three weeks to prepare for in a car he had never driven. That probably left the track, had its clutch bearing replaced, its seats bolted back in, and is probably still on the road today. Exactly. Yeah. So you added stickers and that's how you went. Well, stickers make you faster. Right. Unless you have a PT cruiser. Oh, yeah, we're back on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but to hear that story, to see that once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of meeting Derek Bell and have him walk me through what I think is potentially one of the greatest races of all time, it was just mind-blowing. And it wasn't... It just reaffirmed my love for McLaren, even though he was quite upset that the bearing failure didn't work. <laughs> yeah, how dare that production car that maybe became a race car didn't... Um, 
This story brought to you by Rainier. <laughs> we didn't even have to do that. I wanted to. You just run another Rainier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, somebody has to drink it. Who can blame? Uh, yeah. Me? Might as well be us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then um, another great story, though, that's worth talking about, which I didn't know. So, one of the losses he had, which he's still angry about, if you ask him, <laughs> it's in his book, is he was he's a, a passionate person. He's a very passionate yeah. person, yeah. And he's a, just a great guy to talk to. But he was talking about the early PDKs. Now, when I'm not talking like 95 PDKs, I'm talking 80s PDKs. When this technology wasn't available on the street, of course, everything was being tested in race cars. So he had to test one of two things in Japan, which would have made... And PDKs went really well when BMW brought them out with the M3. Oh, right? yeah, totally. Because everybody wants them. <laughs> No, you understand. It's shifting right now. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Continue. So he had to test between the PDK and ABS. And in production and racing, you have you have to choose. Porsche is the one who dealt with the PDK. Really, they're the ones who really. You, made you have to thing. choose. Uh, you can have one or the other. No, it's a. It's not a racing thing. It's a. It was a Porsche thing at the time. They used racing. Porsche uses racing for develop, development. Sure. Plain and simple. That's yeah. what they do. They they. Test while they race. Classic, classic trickle down too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is very good for us consumers. Mm-hmm. It's very, very frustrating when you're trying to be the overall world champion and you have a PDK failure. Agreed. So they chose the PDK. He sh- he said I should have chosen ABS. They were t- testing ABS at this time too. This is how old this is. And the PDK failed, <laughs> and it would have made a world champion. So he had no brakes and no PDK. Well, no ABS. No. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So thanks to Derek, you can thank Derek Bell for your PDKs working actually now because Porsche in this, Porsches, yeah, it actually works fantastic in my Audi. But to this day, I don't think anybody has a better PDK than Porsche. Well, I would maybe change my know. tune after last weekend. I don't know. That's uh, that's tough. I mean, I would say in nine nine seven point two and older, but nine nine one they really they really made it sweet. English Dan, English no. <laughs> Sorry, two thousand twelve and a half. There we go. Later, there we go. Nine elevens had great PDKs. I mean, I, that's I, I have tried to increase my knowledge on Porsche. I really have to the point where I now say Porsche. <laughs> well, they have you see that video they put out the other day. They have a vi- Porsche now has an official video describing the forty three or forty four different configurations of nine eleven. Yeah. you can get. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking to somebody about that this weekend. I was laughing because uh, one of the people that gets on me the most about saying the dreaded word Porsche is Amanda, right. and um. Recently, in some of my downtime when I was, was sick, I, I started, I kind of fired up my Xbox and started playing that uh, Horizon for, uh, Forza Horizon 4? That too. And I was laughing because one of the announcers in the game is like, well, are you going to buy a Porsche? And I was like, oh. <laughs> no. Great game, by the way. Love it. <laughs> Not sponsored by them. Love that game. <laughs> we should be. Alan. I know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was. It, uh, it sounds like you had a wonderful time hanging out with him. And I mean, uh, Amanda got a chance to hang out with him too. And I think even our good friend Garoff got to meet him. Yeah, Garoff joined us yeah. for breakfast. So I got a book signed by him. I got Derek Bell and all his Porsche races. I think that's actually the title of the book. And he signed it for me. And got the oh, photo. cool! Yeah, it was really awesome. I yeah. got one for Amanda did too, and so did Garoff. Yeah. So my, mine's in the mail. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You would have got one too if you were yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I would have gotten one. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Understood. Understood. No. No. Pretty sure I'm Amanda good. has yours. Oh, is that what it? Oh, wow. Passing the buck. Classic. Okay. This is in the back of her Porsche. Yes. <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah. Don't so, earn it. Yeah. Speaking of which, I want to bring this up again. We are still doing that coat drive for Mary's place. Us. LeMay. LeMay. Ferrari of Seattle. Drivers Club. Uh, Metropolitan Detail are all together, and they're they're. I think they're the coat drives running through. The end of this month, uh, drop-off points at Metropolitan Detail, at LeMay, at Ferrari of Seattle. Or you can message us. Message us. We'll gladly come pick up the coats. If that's what if that's what you need, we'll do it. Yep. Not a problem. I sent an email to my office today. We're going to get... Uh, their driver's club is helping me do a pickup at my office as well, even. So nice. Delivering a lot of coats. People are cold. There you go. So We'll know if you start showing up really puffy. Did you do your jacket, Dan? Dan, are you warm? Maybe. No, no, no. no. That's that a lot like the jacket I gave you. No, no, no. It's a different one. Different one. Totally different one. Yep. A lot of red pat- Patagonias out there. Yep. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah. No, I've got my Haggerty and Rainier swag now. Yeah, where's that? I could... the, the Haggerty swag? Yeah. Ashley's got it for us. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Um, let's talk about this weekend. Yeah. We um, had a little fun. <laughs> we have a lot of fun lately. <laughs> I have to tiptoe around this. Um, so, <laughs> McLaren Corporate invited us to come out they did an event here there as you know um good call out right there yeah yeah mclaren corporate did it 
they're they're you know they're, they're, as you know uh, Lamborghini uh, Rolls Royce Bentley McLaren Bentley, McLaren yeah. of of Bellevue is uh, expanding and they're eventually going to build a new dealership. But uh, McLaren is really uh, deciding that this is a good area and they've got a ton of customers here. As you can probably see, if you drive around Bellevue, Kirkland, <laughs> or Seattle, there's a lot of McLarens on the road. Yes. So we were invited to come down to an event in South Seattle. Rainier we, Golf and Country Club. Yeah. So in the approach pattern of the um, uh, SeaTac, I'm going to not touch that one, to drive the 6, uh, no, sorry, the 570. 570 Spider. And the unveiling in this area of the 600 LT. We saw it at, or I saw it at Pebble Beach when it was down there. We actually saw the one they had at Pebble Beach. Yeah, it was the same car. Did so I tell you? I, I tell you, I watched McLaren's video about uh, their week in Pebble. Yeah, and <laughs> Kevin Beach is in the video. Our former guest, for, Kevin Beach, is in the, <laughs> in the video taking video of this of the yeah. six hundred uh, LT, which uh, I know I, I we joked about this before. I, I would live in that car. I would absolutely live in that car. It, it's absolutely gorgeous. I know you're a convertible guy, but that roof scoop was just. I mean, it looked like it came off a of Pagani. It really did. Yeah. The carbon fiber work in that car is incredible. The exhaust that comes off the back deck and saves 27 pounds of weight. I mean, by not having it all pushed out the back, the aerodynamics is incredible. Um, downside, uh, it had Senna seats, which, by the way, I thought were the most hideous things in the world when I saw them. And getting into them, I thought they were the most hideous things in the world. Once you're in them. Yep extremely comfortable like i really think you could do a long road trip in that car yeah getting in and out i felt like you know five pounds or ten pounds of crap in a five pound bag but yeah, it we're was doing incredible. our best yoga to get in oh yeah seats. absolutely and we don't do yoga um it it was an incredible car i was i was so flattered to see it uh, i'd like to thank mclaren and mclaren of bellevue for inviting us out dan and i have had the opportunity to drive the 570 spider before actually down in scottsdale last year yeah Thanks to uh, a, f- a friend of ours that uh, helps at McLaren down there, Jared Lowell. And so, it you know, it was a rainy day, which was kind of interesting to take a car. And- I actually really liked that it was rainy that day because usually when we get handed the keys to any car, friends or otherwise, it's usually in the most ideal conditions. Well, and usually people say, park it over there. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rain City Valets. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Has it not happened? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice, yeah. Scottsdale. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, I mean, a wonderful car. The, obviously, the roof was up, but it was interesting, a car that, you know, and I, I say this, and people kind of look at me where it's like, it's a car that's developed in England, and so they're meant, it's an all-weather car. It's a car that you could really own and drive on a daily basis. Huge front trunk space, or you know, mm-hmm. um, very comfortable, very comfortable. I like when I compare it to like the Huracan, and like you know, I'm not six feet tall, and I got in a Huracan Spider, and I was above the windshield, which says a lot. Yeah, it's that's as much as I love the Huracan. If it wasn't in a hard top, I would actually buy the R8. Oh yeah, it's just a it fits an average size person, and I'm not I'm six one, so I'm not short, but I'm not super tall either. You're just right, just man. right. Thanks. <laughs> But I fit. I don't fit at all in a Huracan Spider. No. not a little bit even. No. It's a completely unusable car for me. And it's interesting that that new that second generation uh, carbon fiber tub in the in the 570. It's a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. It's there's a ton more leg room, arm room. Um, it's there's a ton of space in that car. It's laid out really well. The the logistics as far as I mean, like we were saying, the PDK transmission is incredible. That thing is next level. Yeah, that's the only other PDK I've ever driven. Well, I mean, I guess, I don't know what their, PDK, I believe, is a Porsche term, and I'm and not just a type of transmission. Yeah. It's a, it's a sequential Probably gearbox right. transmission. I don't know what McLaren is calling theirs, but it is the most accurately shifting transmission ever. It's, you use almost no throw in the paddles, and so as soon as you tap it, you know it's shifting gears, and it's almost instantaneous. I can't believe how well it works. And like Nick was saying earlier, it was fun to drive this car in rain in not great conditions. I've had the chance to get on them pretty good, you know, when it's dry out and we get to enjoy them in the best optimal road conditions we can get. So it was fun to kind of see how it would handle and how it would drive when it was dumping rain, which it was Saturday morning. It was coming down sideways and, you know, I I, I mean, had I known it was going to be raining that much or where we were going to be, I would have brought an umbrella and a shank, but... Um. <laughs> Well, the car drove beautifully in the rain. It's no drama at all. It's It makes my Corvette feel terrible, but it's a McLaren, so there's no shock there. But 
it's such an easy car to just get in and drive, even in bad weather. Well, the suspension I, is what I really liked in the fact that, you know, yeah. y- you can drive the streets of Seattle in this area with these potholes that are big enough to swallow the car. And it's comfortable. Like, like some of the rigid cars, you know, I mean, some of the, the new Porsches and stuff like that, they're beautiful cars, but you, you drive them on, I would, you, your teeth would vibrate out sometimes. I mean, they're yeah. meant to be driven Any on a racetrack. Any of the GT cars, the 911 yeah. GT3s and GT3Ss, the regular 911s are fantastic all-weather cars. They're great with the all-wheel drive, and they're, they're, but they're grand touring cars. Yeah. The 570 is track beast. It's it's a fun car. It, I mean, it was it, it was interesting to get in. It was funny because um, McLaren had hired uh, some of the pe- these, some of these people that basically go around the country and they, they do test drives for people. Yeah, which I, they were could, great. They were you great. You could guys. not pay me to do that because I mean, they, I, it was funny because I was talking to the guy because we got in the car. And he's like, well, "What can I teach you about the car?" And I'm like, "Actually, I could maybe teach you a little few things." <laughs> I said, "I said." You know, he was laughing because we were driving and I was keeping the RPMs up because I wanted to hear it. Like that yeah. car sings about 6,000 to 7,000 RPM. And he's like, he's like, I like driving with you because it's, he goes, you know, you, you know how to drive. And I said, I said, yeah, I said, I've driven these cars. I said, but I said, you know, you, I want to hear the engine. And I said, I wouldn't want your job. And he goes, why? And I said, I said, because you probably spend most of your, 99% of your life going slow down, turn here. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I spent one day in, an, in, an, in a BMW R8 or not R8, um, I, I8 and I wanted to kill the people I was driving with. So... <laughs> I can't imagine doing that, but I, I want to thank them for that. That was an incredible opportunity. Yeah, I, you know, I was going to say the the one critical thing I have is the backup camera is still crap, and what else was it? The seat controls are just an afterthought. Yeah, they're jammed down there between the seat and the center, the, the center, center console. console. So you can't even really look down and see them. It's no. completely by feel, and you're just kind of playing with the buttons till you get it right. Luckily, the memory controls. Are, I mean, you're not going to lend your McLaren out that often, but I can't imagine... That's your Kevin Beach. Can you imagine being Amanda-sized, though, and having your seat all the way forward and having to hand it off to a valet or something? <laughs> They'd be going, uh... I'll try and figure <laughs> I'll this out. I'll drive with my knees near my head. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> but it, even in our frames, it was a perfectly oh, comfortable I car. Mean, yeah, like I said, it would. It was... I could easily see that being uh, a daily driver. I mean... Yep. It really could be. Easily. More so than any other supercar I've driven, that 570 is a car you could, like you said, drive every single day without drama. The one, I say the one mechanical critique I have of that car that I do not like is the sound. Really? Yeah. Because compared to the 675 and every other McLaren we've driven, it's so quiet. As much, but as much as... Those are the same family. I mean, and their siblings. That that's those are two very different cars. So exhaust would be the first mod, but especially once you hear the 600 LT. Even just listening to the 600 LT idle yeah, next to it, oh, it sounds so good. I agree. I'm I'm, I'm with you. But oh God, that six that 600 LT was just like it, it's. I was speechless. Like I just. It's an incredible. I instantly car. imagined like driving through the tunnels, like the I ninety tunnels at night, like and watching the the flames shoot out the back and. Yep. I'm sure in a couple of years or hopefully less, we'll have the chance to drive one. Oh, and yeah. And I cannot wait. I would hope so. And I believe they're coming out with a spider as well. There's, there's, um, we, we were let in on some stuff that there's, there's quite a few models. What did they say? There's, there's like 20 some models of new McLarens coming out between now and like well, 2020. Not coming out. They're playing with different designs. Well, but I'm saying between, between new cars and, and hard tops and spiders right. and uh, long tails. And table, I mean, like. yeah, it's like, so many different you know, variations, which it's no surprise to us car people because McLaren has been hitting the market left and right. I mean, yeah, I'm, I, they're my of all the cars I've been driving lately, which has been quite a few. Thank God, it's still above and beyond my favorite car to drive. The the ones I'm looking forward to, and and they didn't say if they were coming or not, but is is a 720 Spider, which we, you know you they know will make, coming, you will know yeah. me, and then uh, like a a seven. 20 or 740 LT, you know, yeah, whatever that, that, that will be incredible. That they do <sighs> that car. Yeah. And then there's the polar opposite one, the new center seat. What do okay. You I don't know. I, I feel like McLaren corporate might be on some, that's I into if I, if, if nothing but the interior of that car, I love the interior of the car. Yeah, I love the three perfect. seat. I mean, it's very, it's a modern F1 interior mm-hmm. minus the manual shift. I mean, and you've said this multiple times, and it's something I've actually learned a lot. The start button being on the ceiling. It, it's a very small thing, but it's just... And, and so is the gear change and everything. But Which is interesting, because then you know that they, they will, those cars will never be spiders. Yeah. Not that they ever made the F1 in a spider, but I'm just saying... Um, I, don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember the exact name of that new McLaren, and obviously it's been sold out, and 
you know, I had the same reaction when the Senate came out. I remember when they introduced that and people like everything puckered. And there was a lot of people that had bought that car already that said, nope, I don't want it. I mean, because it took a little bit yeah, to get used to. It's so functional. And it's just, I still don't think the, the new one, I just, I, it doesn't. It reminds me of like a an old time Cadillac with the with the, the the wheel skirts and the it's just and I understand it's built for speed and it's you know it it's got everything I mean it's even got a, a special pocket that the windshield wipers click into to for aerodynamics I mean it's it is the ultimate speed car the thing about it is though is what they they, they sold what it's like a hundred and two hundred of them maybe something, something like, that. like that or I didn't look the most of them will sit sit somewhere. Yeah, with the optional, and I kid you not, I, I don't think I'm stretching on this word, hubcaps on the wheels. Yeah, like you get wheels, and then you get these aerodynamic plates that go over your wheel. They're very reminiscent of some bad '80s concept cars, but also they're very reminiscent of the hubcaps you buy from AutoZone. <laughs> <laughs> you're I'm sorry, not wrong. I'm you're just not like, wrong. oh, you're not wrong. I, I just, I'm sure they're functional, and I. Get that because everything McLaren does is functional, but yeah, I'm not a fan. It's just a weird looking car. I will say though, and this is I think one of my favorite things about the car is that flexible carbon fiber that they've got. Now, and see, you and I had different images or uh, opinions on this because if you don't know, it is the McLaren Speedtail, by the way. That is the name. That's right. The rear shell, like from the doors back, is one piece of this new flexible carbon fiber. And the reason we bring that up is because if you think of like a Pagani Waira, the active yeah. uh, air brakes, they have them on this on the back, but there's no joint. There's no hinge. It's flexible. And I was I was thinking, and I was bringing up because, you know, I'm very shy with my opinions. And I, I was talking to Adam Robertson, who's a good friend of ours from McLaren uh, Bellevue. And I said, that's the dumbest thing in the world. It's got a crack. And he goes, he goes, you know, and, and I can't do his Welsh accent, but he goes, he says, he says, I was down in Texas at a McLaren event. He says, they gave me a piece of that. And he says, and I bent it in a circle and it didn't crack. It didn't pop. So, I mean, carbon fiber technology, obviously it's changing. It's changing here in Seattle at the, at the Lamborghini Converse carbon fiber lab. Well, I guess that goes back to my, my take on beauty and things like that, especially cars as if, it functions mechanically very well. I'm typically drawn to it, even if it's not the most good looking car and the trickle down effects of that two regular cars, which will probably be, this is so far ahead of its time. I'm going to guess 15 years from now, we'll start seeing that as a more normal thing. will completely change the way we look at splitters and rear wings and everything else. Because if all that can be integrated into the body, think of that on a larger scale. Once that picks up, you've got this giant rear air brake that has no line. So you can reduce and drastically increase downforce on a whim without, uh, it doesn't have mirrors. No. And when you put it in the real fast, the mirrors come, the the little cameras that are out there get pulled in. It will do zero to 300 kilometers an hour in 12.8 seconds. If you keep your foot down, it will get it will a top speed of 403 kilometers an hour, which is around 250 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's built for speed, and I mean, go on the McLaren site and and look at it because you know I, I think it's important for everybody to see it. Like, we'll the post in, a photo here. The too. interior is incredible because the driver sits in the middle, and you've basically got three screens. Like you've got your center screen, and then the side screens are your cameras and things like that, and then you've got two passengers that sit next to you. It's the same seating seat layout as the F1. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that thing is going to age like the dash on the vector, though. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. Well, Which, I mean, with those kind of numbers, at least it'll have the performance and it'll be a McLaren. So it won't be some garage garage hack job like the vector. But I do wonder how data that's going to look in 20 years. It's interesting seeing like a top down view, the way that like the, the top glass is this very interesting teardrop shape. Yes. Um, and, you know, obviously the engine is hit away, but... Um, Elements of that car are beautiful. As a full package, I'm not sold on it. And who knows? See, I'm sure I'll see it at see Pebble the side windows? Yeah, the half windows. Yeah, they're, they're, they're directly off of a Lamborghini Countach. Oh, yeah. I well, mean, and the McLaren F1. Did the half McLaren one. have yeah. half windows? Okay. Yeah. Well, no. Well, I'm making a point, so I'm saying Countach. It, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> no. You mean it's inefficient and... <laughs> I don't know why they did that on this, but whatever. I, I mean, I look at it and go... Okay, so it's your Hyper GT. It's their first Hyper GT is what they're calling it. Right. The Bugatti contender, I guess. It doesn't need windows. <laughs> just, 
If your passenger looks at you and goes, I'm hot, turn on the air conditioning or look at them and go, I just paid $4 million for this car. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going for a ride. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I mean, they needed, I don't know if they needed, maybe they wanted a Bugatti contender. They certainly have the technology for it as they're showing. Yeah, but that's not a contender. 250 is nothing. I mean, the, the, the Koenigsegg um, one-to-one was doing more than that. I mean, the Bugatti does more, more than that. The SSC Tutor, or, uh, SAC Ultimate Aero did more than 250. Yeah. I mean, 250 is... I, I cannot believe I'm saying this. 250 is not there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And there's that... I mean, I don't know. I was watching uh, Supercar Blondie, her YouTube channel, and she was driving that new something W16. And here's the, here's the thing. They're, they're, they designed it in Dubai. I've got to figure out the name. It's, a, it's something 16. And, and I, it's got a, a 16 valve or 16 cylinder motor. Cylinder motor. So Bugatti engine. But here's the thing it's going to come in three variations. You can get a V8 with twin turbo that's going to give you 2,000 horsepower. Just. You can get the W16 that will have 3,000 horsepower and twin turbo. And then there's the, like a W16 or bigger with like quad turbos. They're saying five thousand horsepower they're going to build them in texas so there you go it's hideous by the way i was going to say i'll believe it's it when i see absolutely, it and it's absolutely it's absolutely hideous um they've dynoed the, the ws16 engine they have that, that does have 2000 horsepower but yeah i, I can believe that but 5000 not for one, maybe once Good God. <laughs> i know it's like and the funny thing is it's so big like if you've ever seen Supercar Blondie, or, or I mean, she's a very petite blonde, and yeah. she gets in this car, like, and they were filming inside. It, it looked like she looked like she was a three year old sitting. Well, okay, she looks like Amanda, Amanda sitting in the car. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, I don't know. I, I, it's, I'm off topic, but it's along the point that they're going to keep pushing. I mean, it, what, what's the new Koenigsegg? Um, the one that, that has no transmission. Yeah, the Regera or whatever. The Reg- it is. Not, is it the Regera? I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't keep, I, that's one thing I don't keep up on very well is the hypercars. We don't get a lot of them here, and I don't really care. So <laughs> I feel like I should, but I just the hypercar market for me never really does anything. Think, yeah, never really does anything for me these days. It's cool that they're developing them, and these we get to see these concepts come out, and they come to the market. It's called the Devlin 16, by the way. Yeah. Um, but it's... I just, I don't, I don't know. They just seem so unusable, and I don't know. They are. Yeah. I mean, I used to laugh about the fact that when people around the Pacific Northwest would get these fast Mercedes, oh, it'll do 150. Where? Where the, are you going to do it? It's just, see, I bleep myself there. Uh, <laughs> so you're not going to track it, so. I, well, you know, you're not going to track it. I don't know. I don't know if the best drivers in the world could handle 2,000 horse. I mean. Yeah, well, welcome to Bonneville. Top, top, I mean, top fuel guys that go straight, you don't have to turn. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what those top fuel dragsters have 3,000, 4,000 horsepower, right? On methanol? Yeah. Yeah. So straight. I guess. But yeah. I get off topic. Again, 250 is nothing. I mean, the Veyron was doing that when it first came out. Yeah. It's true. And then the Supersport was blowing that away. And then the and then SSC from actually here in Washington State yeah. was, was doing that. Yeah. I mean, SSC Arrow is Saline Supercars. No relation to Steve Saline at all. Uh, uh, Shelby Supercars. Shelby Supercars. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Not, not, not related to Carol Shelby is what I meant to say. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Jared yeah. Shelby is uh, independent of that. Um, and they're Tri-Cities. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's interesting because these cars... They're, they're talking about everybody wants to hold the world record. Like, I mean, the world record right now is held by that that red Agera R or RS. The it was a Draken or Thor or whatever it is. But um, I don't know. I just I I want a car that I mean, I like the idea of having that much horsepower and then and knowing that you could if you had the right if everything met up. But I want to be comfortable and I still want to go fast and I still want to go into, I want to be able to go to a turn a hundred miles an hour and be fine. I don't need to go 300 miles an hour. I think that's, that's why that 675 fills that sweet spot for me. It's everything to me. It'll do 200 plus. It'll cruise around town. It's comfortable. It's quiet. 675 will do 200. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I'd want to go 200 in that car. (laughs) I I know it's capable. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying on a track somewhere. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I, I love that car. Like, I mean, and I'm still thankful for Kevin. But I sat there and I, I mean, it's such well built, but I cannot imagine something happening at 150 to 200 miles an hour. Like, and, you know, monocoque or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much carbon fiber on that car. I was thinking about that 
even with the 600 is that you see so much exposed carbon fiber now on all these cars. Can you imagine taking a hard rock to one of those one of those front end pieces? Because it's all just this giant piece of carbon fiber. The whole rear end of the car is this beautiful, perfect carbon fiber. The whole front end is all one piece. I'm not even talking about taking a rock. Like, imagine taking that car and driving it on 405. And a Prius throws a rock on you. From the left lane. Yeah, from the left lane. As usual. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, you can, you can, you know, we, we've got a, a very good friend of ours who just got a brand new R8 and he is having it absolutely wrapped, I mean, shrink wrapped, but you know, you still get it. Like, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I hope to someday do well enough where I, I can have a car like that and, and get a rock chip and don't care. But I mean, yeah. I, I look at that front, that front splitter on, on the 675 on Kevin's and I, I mean, and he's kept it immaculate even after letting us drive it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, you know, it's, it's the technology there is getting better too, obviously, the self healing films and things like that. But yeah. I feel like we're really going off on a tangent, but I don't care. I'm kind of like, we, you and I haven't had a good car conversation in forever. So it's kind of fun. Well, McLaren, the Rainier's said, kicking. McLaren said to do that to us. Yeah. They get I, you thinking. I did. It, it, like, you know, and it's, it's a manageable car. It, it's funny because I was talking to my mom about it when we came back. And I, in no way do I think this is a low number, but like, you look at some of the deals they have out there, like, you know, you can get into a McLaren for $2,000 a month. Yeah. That's not, I mean, compared to what you think, I mean, and you can own a supercar and lease a supercar. That's really good. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not don't cheap. get me wrong. Yeah, I know yeah. what $2,000 yeah, exactly. a month is. We are not out of touch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but, I don't, I don't have it. I'm just saying that's a lot lower than when you expect when, when people are out there yes. making five, 6000 or if you're a Bugatti's twenty seven to $30,000 a month. Yeah. So, and that's the thing is you really typically want to lease these cars anyway, not own them. You know, we should do a show about that. Yeah. Because there's so many different opinions out there because, you know, obviously. Depends on your circumstances. Well, here's, but this is the thing with, I mean, and to, to jet into this briefly, it's a mileage thing. Yeah. You're leasing the car, which means all your maintenance is taken care of, which technically can happen if you buy the car too. Mm -hmm. But you're, so many people buy those cars and sit on them and go, well, I've only got this many miles. Like you couldn't rent a McLaren and drive it to Monterey every year. No, you'd end up owing that. I, I can't imagine what miles cost on a McLaren when you go over the mileage. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, a good conversation though. Yeah. Cause that's the only thing that stops me from leasing cars and stops me from buying new 99% of the time is because of the mileage for my cars. Yeah. I'm selling, I'm meeting with a guy to hopefully buy my vet tomorrow and I've got, 36,500 miles on the vet, which puts me at pretty much one of the highest mileage vets on the entire market across. I've looked 36,000 miles. Yeah. Wow. I did a three year stint in two years and I didn't drive it in the winter because of all the road trips. Yeah. But it's been to Monterey three times. Mm -hmm. It's been with me. It's been to Arizona twice, twice. It's been to all over yeah. the west, all over the western half of the U.S. Well, the yeah, time. when we say it went to Monterey, like I mean, it took our route down for for Seamont uh, Rally. God, I, I do love that car. Yeah, it's I been do. a great car, but uh, it, it's uh, put it. I'll just put it out there. So the car sticker, which I did not pay for it, was one hundred and ten. I think I paid a little less than a hundred for the car, and I'm selling it for sixty five. I'll probably get. 62 63 use i mean that's my negotiation point trade in on it is 59 which isn't terrible because if you get the tax credit to the next car it actually if i was going to buy a new car right away i would just go trade it in because it would make more sense just to do that agreed but if you think about that that's i I paid thirty five thousand dollars for that car for two and a half years of ownership no i'm not saying it's not worth it yeah it and and that car has is as bulletproof as it gets, and it will beat cars that are four times as much, as expensive as it. And I've seen it happen. I right. mean, it's but but if you think about it, if if you weren't doing the miles, I basically paid more for a Z06 than I did a McLaren 570 because the lease true. is two thousand a month on a McLaren. Yeah, you're right. And if okay. at thirty six at, at a thirty five thousand dollar loss, are you trying to sell me on this or you? No, I, I, I <laughs> Dan's going. Well, wait a minute. I did this, then I could. <laughs> well, except I could only drive the McLaren about five thousand miles. This is true. And so it's it's what are you willing to pay for? For the amount of fun I had, I have no regrets for buying the Corvette. Well, but I mean, no, I don't think people are honest about what they're paying for their cars ever. Well, we were having a conversation about that on Friday about throwaway cars. Yeah. 
technology and the fact that you know these big these big seven series and these a8s and things like that that people are buying them and they're they're leasing them and they're getting rid of them and the throwaway technology is the fact that it's costing too much to fix them because the technology and people are selling them they're getting rid of them that's not why you're getting rid of the vet but i'm just saying no but it's an interesting topic yeah it's just it's we will bring this up in another podcast about leasing and buying and the options and how much people are actually paying for their cars because I guarantee you people aren't being honest with themselves or their friends or whoever they're saying that, and they're saying they paid this much for a car they take into depreciation like we were talking about it with the Porsche 911 Turbo S's dropping a hundred thousand dollars yeah. in three years with three thousand miles. Uh, well, and and another thing we're not talking about here, and we will I, this as officially will be another topic is leases, I mean, it, yes, I, yes, you can lease a McLaren for $2,000 a month, but I'm not sure about how much you have to put down before you can lease a McLaren for $2,000 a month. That's true. I think it's ten or 15000 I think it's 15000 Still a good chunk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mean, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, believe uh, me, well, if they took kidneys, <laughs> we'd both be driving McLarens and be on kidney dialysis. Let's take so, another yeah. break, <laughs> and then we'll come back to talking more about donating your body parts. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. For people who love cars. Ah, one more Rainier. Well, it's always time. time for Rainier. He started with it, I closed with it. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I've never grinned so much in my life when Amanda sent us that text. Yeah. And I mean, and again, I want to thank Amanda uh, and Doug from Drivers Club because they kind of put this together for us. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, they, they knew. We, we were, always joke about it, but yeah. Yeah, they knew we were serious. We yeah. wanted a Rainier sponsorship. We, that was the one, you know, it's a local brand. It's our brand. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's Northwest. Exactly. Yeah. No. So thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> so thank you. Cheers. Thank Cheers. You yes. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I tell you. Um, it's been a great week. It kind of, it kind of has. Yeah. So I mentioned I've been working on some other stuff for Dan's drives. I got a few drives coming up. We did our, our Canada drives. I'm going to publish that one. But uh, this Christmas, I think I'm going to take another drive. Where are you going to go? I'm going to pre, pre-drive part of our route for the Seamont Rally for next year. And oh, are we changing that? Well, options. Oh, okay. <laughs> you'd think you'd tell me. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm just exploring another option, Ugh. depending on the weather. But uh, I'm going to probably head down to Chris- for Christmas. I'm probably going to head down to California. That'd be fun. And all- not quite as far as Monterey, but there's a few little back roads through Oregon that if it's not snowed in, I can't wait to take. Yeah, but then again, your S4 will kind of take them all. Oh, yeah. That's half the fun of driving that thing. So well, That'll be fun. No, I'm going to, I think I'm going to, the next time I'm leaving here is when, we head down to uh, Scottsdale in January. January, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's going to be fun. Um, that being said, if you're going to be in Scottsdale in January, you definitely should let us know. Let us know. Um, uh, uh, Rain City Supercar and Dan's Drives is actually going to do a drive the Sunday before, kind of car week down there. Yeah. Um, and then Dan and I will be down there for the Jet Center event, which we put on with um, some of our friends, and then we're going to be hanging out down there. So. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll see Dan and I at an auction getting drunk and bidding for somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That never no. happens. No, I'm kidding. Ten dollars. Yeah. Every time I'm down there, man, I wish I had so many cars I see I want. It's dangerous. I tell you, I, I love going to the auctions. It's fun. But I mean, I get you walk around. It's fine. The things I always want to bid on are like the neon signs and stuff, like the like the oh, old the, like the gas pumps and yeah. the and like the old Sinclair signs. Like I think again, I live in a small apartment, have no place to put it, but I would love it, you know, someday. So actually, I'd want like some of the mobile stuff. Like that's by my favorite. Like the Pegasus, I'd love to find something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna publish some of the drives we do down there as part of Dan's drives. Like I said, I've been big focus on that over the winter with the S4. It's been my my thing so if you guys are headed to the south and you guys are doing car week in monterey i actually have a few drives down there i've done that area quite a bit i know that area pretty well we're gonna hit up the small town of jerome on our drive which is where you can get caduceus wine maynard from tools wine yeah and it's a trip going to that town since we're talking about seamount rally in monterey next year if you're thinking about going um get reservations now because 
and we're going to open up registration for CMOT Rally probably probably late January, I would think. Yes, and all of our when pre- we get back, all of our previous guests have already re-registered. If yeah, anything, how fun <laughs> exactly. it is! It is an awesome drive. It is an awesome time. Uh, We'd say that if we didn't own it, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean we basically were doing it. Two, well, you've been doing it longer than I have. I did two years before we even considered doing three three years, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, three years before we even really did CMOT Rally. We had our own little rally, but before we became official. Yeah, before before, before we started having a tax ID. Yeah, and, and a trademark. <laughs> and a trademark and things like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. And next year, it's a little bit earlier in, in August, which is Thank good. Thank God. Well, that, 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 you know, everything teeters on you know it's, it's interesting because monterey is one is a teeter-totter and on one end is all the shows and on the other end is pebble beach and it's when pebble beach has the show designates what the week before is right. when everything else is going to be but which i think that was a mistake having it later in the season but whatever it rotates yeah so i know you can be happy next year but the year after it's going to be right back to where it was so. start saving for my shopping habits now while i'm down there <laughs> You really shop. I I have never seen you shop like that. I will say this: I feel a little guilty because my shopping habits have become your shopping habits. Yes, um, and bit. even I was in there going, "Oh, you're going to buy." The- oh, wow. I mean, okay. If you don't know, and and I don't know if we've ever actually told this story. Dan and I save all year because we go to a a, a, a store down there called the Club and. We're not really these types of people, but Robert Graham makes like four special shirts a year for each car week. Right. And we buy the shirts. And again, we save all year <laughs> to buy these shirts because they're not cheap. And I know people have seen us in them. They're the embroidered shirts. And they're, they're, they're as tacky as we will wear in public. And I love them. <laughs> right. It's, it, and I don't really wear it in public. I wear it to car events where people say just at home alone, Dan. No. <laughs> I feel pretty. <laughs> <laughs> In my Porsche shirt. Yeah. Well, that too. Porsche shirt. Yeah. yeah. But no, we, we typically wear them to car events, and people recognize them at those car events because they, well, they know us they, they are. It's the only thing I buy once a year that is a limited edition. And yeah. it's funny because a lot of our friends go down there, and a lot of them, you know, buy them too. But it's it's a fun... It's it's a tradition now. It's, it's like... Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because... Everybody knows that Dan and I and the Concorso crew will be in Carmel at the club on Wednesdays or Thursdays. 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 And, and, and we give out tickets and people always find us in the club because they know we'll be there buying our shirts. Yep. So it's a lot of fun. But um, if you're down there, you should definitely check it out because it's we've, we've made other people very addicted to the habit as well. <laughs> Uh huh. I've come to events here wearing the same shirt as people. That was that's right. You went to a LeMay event. A couple of our good friends had the shirts too. That was funny. You looked good. Looked good. Thanks. Siamese twins. Yeah. Or there was three of you. Never mind. Nick's not kidding though. If you're planning on going to Car Week in Monterey, which you should, if you were a car person at all, that should be your bucket list. It should be your number one on your bucket list because even if you don't go to any of the shows, you're still going to be blown away. But you need reservations now, or you're not getting them. Well, and I will say this: it, it is expense. It is it's an expensive week to do. Um, uh, and I mean, I probably wouldn't do it if we didn't. You know, accommodations were arranged for us through our work. Um, but you really can, if you want, you can stay a, a ways outside of Monterey and Carmel, and you can do it rather cheap. And you're driving in and out, but it is. And it's a long drive, but you could drive an hour or hour or so every day and save yourself probably a thousand bucks. Oh, I know people that stay in San Francisco and drive down. I mean, it's yeah. not horrible, and you get to take that twisty road that uh, takes you down into Santa Cruz, which is a lot of fun. But no, the highway's back open. <laughs> <laughs> the highway's back open. Yeah. God, I took that coming back, picking up my folks on that on our trip, and like that was it was packed. Mm-hmm. It was kind of scary, but it's a lot of fun. It really is. If you guys want to know anything about Monterey or if, about you know what goes on. Um, Feel free to email us. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can, you know. Instagram, whatever you want to get a hold yeah. of us at. Just, uh, Facebook's probably the easiest, actually. That's always actually the best communication method for us because it's we both get the pop-up on our app. Yeah. So and one of us actually looks at No, uh, <laughs> I, I do too. <laughs> I do. It's just like... Well, we've got a lot more content coming up. In spite of it being winter, actually, 
you've, we've got a lot more stuff coming up, a lot more stuff in the works. It's going to be a great winter for us. It's, it's going to be a great winter. We've had a great run. This Obviously, we just celebrated our 50th episode a few times ago. We've had, you know, Shannon was just on. That Mule episode was great. I mean, yeah, I'm an off-road guy, but that was so much fun to talk to them. But What a power couple, too. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. Um, we're always looking for guests. Yeah. So you got somebody you know you want to be on here? Let us know. Yeah. We like yeah. car people. Yeah. I don't know if they like us, but we like car people. But we have beer, so... Yeah, we have Rainier. So we now have a, a bargaining chip. So right. That's the important you thing. come on our show, we'll give you beer. Ooh, yeah. look at... <laughs> Sounds like a high school party. I know. If you come, we'll have a keg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think the Rainier beer is kicking in, and um, <laughs> it's been a day already. I spent most of my day today fixing my dryer, which somebody has duct taped the vent on. So that was fun. <laughs> a little dusty? Understatement. Like it filled my vacuum cleaning up the mess. We're like going to need more beer. We're going to need more. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> so. Um, so I think we'll kind of wrap it up with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, again, thanks to our, our, our major sponsor, Haggerty uh, Classic Cars, and our new sponsor, Rainier Beer. Uh, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. And don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.